Welcome to the RTO Superhero Podcast with me, Angela Connell, where we explore the complexities of compliance and how to ensure business success within an RTO. This podcast is for anyone in the training industry who wants to learn from my experience as an RTO consultant, RTO manager, trainer assessor, and entrepreneur, as well as the experience of other experts in the training industry. Listen in and let us help you become an RTO superhero that you want to be. In this podcast, I'm going to be going through uh, complying and reporting, which is standards 2.1, 2.2, 8.4 and 8.6, because this month we are actually required to submit our annual declaration of compliance. So what does that mean if you are submitting your annual declaration of compliance? It's not just a simple tick box. It's not where you just tick it and go, yes, I'm compliant and everything. Because what happens is ASCOR actually randomly select 5% of those uh, surveys that are submitted, so the um, uh, annual declaration of compliance. And from that, they'll identify where um, where there are RTOs who could be non-compliant. And they don't necessarily search for the ones that are non-compliant because what they want to identify is that, no, sometimes you will have non-compliances and you need to actually identify that. And the big thing is putting uh, uh, strategies in place for improving those non-compliances. And that's what they focus on is how are you improving the practices? And one of the things that you should be doing is conducting an annual audit of your organisation to identify where those gaps are. The reporting period is from the 1st of January to the 31st of December, and it is due at the end of March to be submitted. So what are some of the strategies that you can put in place to ensure that you are compliant for your annual declaration of compliance? So one of the things that I recommend is that compliance should be an ongoing thing that you're managing. It shouldn't be something that you go, oh, okay, I've now got to submit an annual declaration of compliance. Let's quickly run around and figure out where we are compliant and non-compliant. One of the things that we recommend with our clients is that every month we review a couple of standards. I actually hold a mastermind uh, or a masterclass webinar uh, once a month where I uh, we have a continuous improvement cycle and we have a look at the, a couple of standards each month and I explain what are the requirements for complying with that legislation but also Uh, practices and strategies that they can put in place. Um, And with our consult members, they also get all the documentation. So it actually teaches them how to implement the documentation into their RTO. So some of the things that we recommend is we have a continuous improvement strategy, which identifies uh, within that continuous improvement strategy, you know, who are we collecting data from? So who are the key stakeholders? Reviewing that feedback, how are we doing that? Um, how are we adjusting our training and assessment to meet industry needs? And then also holding regular meetings to review that data that we've collected. And that just makes it so much easier than having to do one audit um, where you're just really looking, diving deep into everything. Um, and then when you do do that one order, it's so much easier because you've already reviewed each of the standards, a couple of the standards each month. So it makes it so much easier. So 
Uh, the other key strategy that we recommend to our clients is hold regular meetings. So you should hold a regular monthly meeting and that monthly meeting is where you're reviewing your standard compliance requirements. The ones that we recommend that you should cover at your standard meeting is um, you know, industry consultation. So who did you consult with? What did you learn? And how are you going to improve your practices based on what you learned? The other one is a trainer's report, in particular if your trainer does not attend your monthly meeting. It's providing a report and feedback of how they went in the last month. What was the most challenging student or class that they had? What was the best, the most outstanding student or class that they had? Who? Um, what are some suggestions for improvement? Are there any assessment tools that need to be improved or perhaps validated? Is there any changes in legislation that's going to affect the documentation that you're providing as part of your training? So it's a great way for trainers to be able to provide feedback on how um, they're going with their training and assessment because, face it, they're uh, at the coalface of running the training in your organisation. The other one is having the opportunity for your team members to be able to provide an opportunity for improvement. So it's feedback that you can get from your students, your trainers and admin staff, employers, stakeholders. It can be from anywhere. And it's where um, when someone identifies a weakness within your organisation, they actually come up with a suggested solution on how to improve that practice as well. So coming with a solution, not just a problem. So it's where you record your WHS incidences and your complaints and appeals process. So all of these tie together to ensure that you're meeting the requirements of uh, Clause 2.1 and 2.2, which is all about continuous improvement and how are you doing that within your organisation. So what we recommend with your monthly meeting is that you schedule a regular day each month. So the same day each month, it could be the first Monday of each month or the second Wednesday of each month, uh, just as long as you've got it set in your diary. You should hold the meeting if, even if it's just a meeting for one. Uh, so you get into the habit of having those meetings and that could include just documenting uh, were there any WHS instances? Were there any complaints and appeals? And just going through that process. Uh, record the actual data that's collected. So it's a really good way to formalise the informal industry consultation. So where you have a conversation in a hallway and on a phone call, over dinner, and you formalise that by putting it into your minutes of your meeting, of your monthly meeting. And that could, that should include who did we consult with, what did we learn, and what have we implemented into our training practices. The other one is uh, recording when you have attended any VET professional development, so that's also in the minutes. Um, and this meeting ties together all of your compliance requirements, and it's a great way to provide evidence of um, holding your monthly meeting, but also collecting that data and recording that data uh, within your meeting minutes. Okay, on to the annual um, annual assistance check or doing your annual declaration of compliance. So one of the ways that we recommend uh, for not only submitting your annual declaration of compliance, but it's also a way for ensuring that you are compliant at all times is, is conducting an internal audit. 
to ensure that you are complying with the standards. So the procedure that we have for conducting an internal audit is to really identify who should be part of the process, uh, notify the team of a schedule, review minutes from the previous 12 months, so what came up over the last 12 months, um, and that includes you know, opportunities for improvement, complaints and appeals, um, WHS instances, and then how did you act on them? So it's really looking at, you know, validation, your third-party arrangements, and also then reviewing your legislation. So the plan can be you source all that information and review it all. So you source it. Um, we also recommend that you go on to askwood.gov.au and look at if there's any fact sheets or any changes that have happened uh, within the, um, the compliance requirements for the legislation and the standards that you're going to be reviewing. Uh, review all of the other relevant state and Commonwealth legislation that is relevant to your industry sector and what you're teaching your students. Uh, complete a full report using the ASQA self-assessment tool, which you can download from asqua.gov.au, and it's a great tool that you can use that um, make sure that you cover off each of the standards. And one of the things that I recommend is whilst you're using the ASQA self-assessment tool is that you also have the user's guide to the standards and you're reviewing that at the same time because the user's guide gives you case studies and gives you ideas of what you should be looking for when you're reviewing um, and undertaking an internal audit. So complete a full report um, using that tool and then provide that report to the CEO um, and then review any non-compliances and identify opportunities for improvement that come out of the report. Now, one of the things that you can do when you do your annual declaration of um, compliance is you state that you did do an internal audit these are the areas that you found there were gaps and this is the action that you're taking to resolve those uh, gaps that you have identified. And that is sufficient for identifying that you have actually um, done a full review of your um, how you're complying with the standards. I see in the future with the VET reform and the changes in legislation that this is going to be one of the standards that they're really going to be focused on and um, strengthen in some way because I think the way it is at the moment, there's too much of a risk of people just flicking through and just going, yes, 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 I'm compliant. Um, now, the, the risk with just ticking yes, 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 by the way, is if ASPA do come in and do an audit of your RTO and they find critical non-compliances, they can pull you up on the fact that you submitted a annual declaration of compliance and said that you were compliant in all of those areas. So that's supposed to be uh, what they're doing with that. Um, so it does put your RTO at risk. So this is complying with uh, standard or clause 8.4, which is your annual declaration of compliance. So the annual declaration of compliance um, opens up mid-February uh, mid and then uh, and the CEO is emailed the, um, the, a unique link for completing the survey, so the annual declaration of compliance. So this unique link 
is for your RTO only. So you can't go and use someone else's link because otherwise you'd be completing an annual declaration of compliance for someone else. So it should be uh, for your own. It will go to the CEO's email um, inbox and that goes in, uh, that was sent out on Friday the 12th of February. The annual declaration is an online form and is available until the 31st of March. So you have until midnight on the 31st of March to submit your um, annual declaration of compliance. Now, a question you may have is what if you didn't receive the email from ASQA? So if you are the CEO, you should be looking in your spam junk folder and check that your address, email address, is correctly listed on training.gov.au. If the address is incorrect, you need to um, update your email address on Asquanet to make sure that it is going to the correct CEO. You also can contact Asqua's info line to request that Asqua resend the email. So that is um, an opportunity that you can do that as well. Now, Asqua have put a update on their website. So you can go to the um, Asqua FAQ page and it tells you all about the annual declaration of compliance and what you need in order uh, to submit. So when you submit your report, you have the opportunity to be able to download a PDF, um, which you can also print or you can get an email to yourself. And I highly recommend that you keep a record of that because that's evidence that you completed your annual declaration of compliance, but it's also a benchmark for your next annual declaration of compliance. So you're benchmarking how you went this year for when you... Uh, do it again next year, and how have you improved those practices uh, throughout your organisation? So the annual declaration of compliance is not only um, a requirement for you uh, to submit this as part of the standards, it's also a really good quality improvement process uh, throughout your organisation. So it's confirming to ASQA that you systematically monitor your compliance and implement preventative and corrective action where considered necessary. So that's what's really important about uh, doing their annual declaration of compliance. The best way to ensure that you are compliant is to undertake an internal audit or better still is get someone external to your organisation such as Vivacity who can come in and conduct assistance check of your organisation against the standards for RTOs. And what we do as well when we come in and do an audit of your RTO is we provide you with an action plan of what you need to do in order to improve those practices. And you can use this as evidence as part of your annual declaration of compliance. So all non-compliances should be recorded and minuted at your monthly meeting. So you've got a record of what that, that you have completed it. Now, what if you were newly registered? So if you were an RTO that were registered before the 31st of December last year, you are still required to submit an annual declaration of compliance. Even if you are registered on the 30th of December, you still need to submit an annual declaration of compliance. So you will be required to do that and you will receive the email to the CEO. If your initial registration commenced after the 31st, so you submit, you uh, received your registration um, from you know, January, February, uh, then you're not required to do an annual declaration of compliance. You will be required to do it next year though. So even if you're an initial registration and haven't delivered any training 
you still need to do an annual declaration of compliance. So how do you complete the annual declaration compliance form? So first of all, check that email, uh, find where it is and make sure that you've got the link. One of the things that we recommend is do that self-assessment first offline and then use the data that you've collected from that to enter it into the online form. You can save the form, but you know, with internet and issues with doing things online, you don't wanna lose all of that data that you've entered. So I recommend that you do it on a separate document first, and then you can even you know, type it up into the self-assessment form and then copy and paste it over. And that's the best strategy, um, I believe, for getting prepared for an annual declaration of compliance. So what happens if you don't complete the annual declaration? Well, the biggest issue is that is a non-compliance and it's critically non-compliance. So if you do not submit the requested declaration to ASQA, ASQA has the right to take further regulatory action, which puts your RTO at risk of non-compliance and possible cancellation of your registration. We have had in the past a large number of RTOs, we've heard of and seen it, who received an intent to cancel registration from ASQA due to them not completing their annual declaration. And this includes, um, and in particular caught out a lot of those RTOs that are not operating at the moment or haven't delivered any training. So if you don't, you put your whole RTO at risk of uh, cancellation. Can you apply for an extension? No, ASQA will not give you any extension um, for late submission. You've got a whole month to get ready, so you should be submitting it as soon as possible, um, and you've got that month to complete an annual audit, so you should be prepared. So what do you need to do? The best method is get a systems check or get a, a do an internal audit within your organisation. Um, review what you are go doing against the policies and procedures within your uh, policies and procedures manual and complete the ASQA self-assessment tool. Um, and then you'll get a record of those um, when you submit those within your uh, report that you get back. So that's it. So that's the annual declaration of compliance and complying with standard and clauses 2.1 and 2.2, as well as 8.4, which is submitting the annual declaration of compliance. Um, if you have any questions or concerns about that, uh, submitting your annual declaration of compliance, no, by all means, get in contact with Vivacity. Um, we are able to help. We could even conduct a systems check of your organisation to identify where those gaps may be and how you can improve those gaps uh, within your organisation. Um, also, just a reminder, we have the eight critical drivers to RTO success masterclass, which is run on the first Wednesday of each month. So if you haven't done so, highly recommend that you get on and register for that because we're going to be focusing on one critical driver per month, which is all about the business side of running your RTO not just compliance because we can't survive on compliance alone. Thanks very much. I'll catch you again soon. You've been listening to the RTO Superhero Podcast with me, Angela Connell. Do you know someone else who could benefit from learning about compliance and business development within their RTO? Please take a moment to share this and any other episode via your podcast app, email or social media channels. Each share helps us reach listeners just like you who can benefit from our content. 
The RTO Superhero Podcast is proud to be part of the Experts on Air Podcast Network. 